Come on, Sister Diver. Thank you, Pastor. Well, good morning, everybody. And you sisters don't worry that you missed it last uh, yesterday because you'll hear the same me message. Basically, Bishop stole my message. I was preparing for a three month, and he came from Petersburg and just preached the same message pretty much. But you know, that's just for me. You know, it's not a disappointment. For me, it's a confirmation that that's a message for this season, for foundation. I'll just give a different version, version, but pretty much the same message. So that when God in the Bible, there are many instances where God repeats the same and the same over and over. And just because of, for the reason, because some people do not get it the first time. Somebody wasn't there, didn't hear it the first time. So God is making sure that everybody has a chance to hear and to get it. To get the message that God is speaking for the season, for the church, for our local body. Okay? So bow down your heads with me in prayer. Lord, I come to you as your servant. Lord, I pray for, that you would use me as your mouthpiece today, Lord. Speak your word and let the hearers hear, Lord. Open our ears and our hearts to receive, Lord, and to apply the word you are, you are speaking for, our, for this season, for Foundation Christian Fellowship. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Our main text for today will be, come from Genesis 22, verses 1 and 6. What, Genesis 22 one and, uh, starting with verse 1, it reads, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, say, the, say it with me, the wood, and he laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire, say the fire. It, it, he took the fire in his hand and a knife, say a knife. And the two of them went together. Next was that was it, okay. Okay, so that basically that will be, the six words will be our key words. I want you to remember those, those words. Fire, knife, and wood. Those, this, 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 you, you, uh, this will be, we'll talk about that. That will be um, one of the focus of our, this message. But before, before I go deeper into the message, I want to kind of dis, uh, Clear up some misunderstanding about Isaac's age. How many of you think that Isaac 
at the time that he was sentenced, he was a, a child. I, I, I was under that misunderstanding uh, for myself because it says lad, it says, uh, other translations says boy. Most English translations says boy in this, this particular scripture. And we in English, we, are, we usually call a, a, a boy is a young, young child, male child, right? But in Hebrew, that word that is translated in English as a boy actually is, can be uh, come, mean the child, it can be a young teenager, can be a young man, it's uh, used in, uh, for servant, it's used for soldiers, it goes all across the border. It has a very wide meaning. And uh, the scholars who took time to, um, to study the subject found out from different, though the Bible didn't specify the age of Isaac in this particular passage, but the scholars from different other facts that Bible does specify, they calculated, approximated Isaac's age, he was from approximate 16, 16 years of age to early 20s. So he was no child. He was a young man, almost grown up, or possibly even grown up man in his 20s. He was no child, because many, uh, before, <laughs> this fact, this fact of Isaac's age just changed my perspective on this particular scripture. Isaac was no fool. He was no victimized child, traumatized by, just <laughs> traumatized through this experience, who had to go basically being almost killed by his father. He wasn't a victim in this whole situation. He was a willing participant, a young adult who went together with his father carrying a load of wood on which he's about to be burned. So as we, since we established that fact, well, we can go further on. So Abraham carried, Abraham the father, he carried himself a fire, like a fire in one hand and knife in the other hand. And he put the load of wood on Isaac. And they both together went up the mountain, side by side. And through this, uh, this, this word, this imagery, God showed me the il illustration of what should be the relationship between the pastor and the church. Passes an, as an Abraham, who carried the knife in one hand and the fire in another one, and the church is as an Isaac, who is supposed to go hand in hand, side by side, with the pastor, in the same direction that God has given the pastor, carrying the wood. Pastor carries the fire and the knife, Isaac carries the wood, but we are both going the same direction. So what does the fire? First of all, let's deal with the fire. What does the fire means? Fire symbolizes in the Bible primarily God, God himself. God showed up to Moses in a burning, burning bush. He, he's called the refining fire, consuming fire. He, he, the Holy Spirit came as the tongues of fire on the day of Pentecost. Basically, fire, it represents God's presence. 
One of the main functions of the pastor is to carry that fire, meaning to stay in the presence of God, to be, to be able to, to, to dwell in his anointing, in his presence, to hear his word, to get the vision, the direction for the church, to be able to lead the church in the direction that God wants to, uh, the church to go. That's the, that's the primary, one of the primary functions of the pastor. Uh, uh, because uh, both pastor and the leadership of the church understand that we the laborers would labor in vain. If God doesn't build, if God doesn't build the building, the laborers would labor in vain. So we have to have God. Pastor needs to dwell and stay in God's presence, hear him and follow his direction. Because otherwise it's all in vain. It's all would be just a show. So say it with me, pastor. Say it like you mean it. Pastor. pastor. <laughs> Everybody beside, except you, pastor, because it's the word for you. Say, pastor, pastor. Carry, the fire. carry the fire. Okay, no knife. Knife or the sword in the old days. Sword symbolizes the word of God. Uh, let's look at Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is the descent of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And I like how New Living Translation puts it. For the word of God is full, is full of living power. It is sharper than the sharpest knife. Cutting deep into our innermost thoughts and desires, it exposes us for what we really are. So the pastor is to, co- to carry not only the fire, he's supposed to carry the knife too. And the knife cuts. That's what he's supposed to do. So don't get, don't get mad at the pastor who is the messenger who, de- who delivers the word and uses his knife from the pulpit. Don't get mad at him when, if it hurts. It's supposed to hurt. If, you, uh, if, the surgeon, if the surgeon would spear the patient who needs in need of surgery just to spear f- him from pain, what would you think about such a surgeon? The patient might get even sicker or probably even die. The surgeon is there to cut, to open up, to heal, to clean up, clean up whatever, to remove whatever needs to be removed. That's what the Word of God does. It cuts deep, separates what needs to separate, cleans up us, uh, uh, cleans us up, heals us up, delivers us from what needs to be delivered, you know, and. Uh, then <laughs> transformation comes. We become new person. That, that's that's what all, it's all about. So now say, say, it, say it with me. Pastor, carry the knife. Good. So because God, you have to understand, God loves us, loves us as we are. Yes, he does. But he loves us too much to leave us as we are. He sends his word to open up, to reveal what's our darkest thoughts, our deepest secrets, what we think nobody knows, but God does. You know, how, how, you have many, how many of you have been like 
it seems, in the situation where it seems the pastor is talking just to you, you know, as if he knows. You know, no, he doesn't know. God knows. God knows. Holy Spirit is speaking. When God, Holy Spirit is speaking, take it, receive it. It's there for a reason, for to bring transformation, to bring deliverance, to bring freedom, to bring uh, whatever you need, all your answers that you need, to bring a blessing, ultimately a blessing to bless you. It may be bitter, it may be bitter for a while, but when you swallow it, it may be bitter, but don't spit it out. Don't reject it. So when you swallow it, when you swallow the bitter medicine, it will bring healing. Ultimately, it will bring healing to your body, to your life. Hallelujah. So, uh, so, so and another, another point I want to make, what I already what told, mentioned in the beginning, that Isaac was no victim in this whole situation. He was a willing participant. He, he maybe didn't, he may not knew all the details, but, but, but he, 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 he knew enough. You know, for example, <laughs> for, you, can, you, can, you can fool a child. Like, Pastor, you could probably trick, trick Jeremiah somehow to, to get hold of him and bound him up and put on the altar in that scenario because he's a child. But you, you, you wouldn't, couldn't do it with, with Christian. No. As soon as he would see you coming with a knife, he was scurrying down the mountain as fast as he can to, to Mama Sarah, saying, Daddy will get crazy. He's trying to kill me. You know, because you might be strong enough to wrestle him down, but you're definitely not, in, not, not fast enough to catch him. <laughs> I know that much. <laughs> anyway, so the, the fact is, that, that, that Isaac, the young adult, he was there because he wanted to be there. He was committed enough, he had enough faith, both in his God and in his father Abraham. There is a reason God calls himself God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He wasn't just Abraham's God. Isaac knew his God. God was Isaac's God too. His personal God. Isaac also, as Abraham believed that even if he kill Isaac, he, God is able to, to raise him up. Isaac had faith too. If daddy has to kill me, God is able to raise me up. Whatever it takes. If God spoken to my daddy, to my, my Abraham to kill me, there is a reason for that. I may not understand that. I don't have to understand it. I just have to trust, trust my God and go along. Just walk along and just believe. God is doing it for a reason. There are many situations when we don't understand. Uh, I <laughs> most of the times, if not all the times, I say, I'm, tr I'm, I'm the person trying to understand why. I, I, I'm, I mean, uh, I like to know why. I want to have a reason to understand why things are happening. But God never explains to me. <laughs> um, you know, only after the fact, after the fact, like in a, after everything passed and gone, I, I figured it out. I see why, why he had to do what he did. Uh, by the results, I figured it out. But in the beginning, God never explains. 
We just, he just expects our trust and our faith. That's, that's basically from my experience, that's God's nature, that's how God op operates. And uh, so basically, let, let, let's look at the, uh, what Jesus says in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 and 35. Uh, because Je Jesus himself showed us an example, like Isaac, and ultimately this, this whole, ultimately this whole story uh, Abraham almost uh, sacrificing his only begotten son. The story points to Jesus. Uh, God, God uh, sacrificing his only begotten son, Jesus. So Jesus himself says in Mark 8, verses 34, 35, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. So don't run from the knife. If God sent the knife, it's there for a reason. Hallelujah. So studying the, studying, uh, studying the word and the rightly teaching and preaching it to the congregation is another like, second priority of the pastor. And... Uh, uh, yeah. So Abraham had it fire in one uh, one hand, knife in the other hand. His both hands were occupied. His hands were full. His hands were full. Theoretically, you may think you you can put something on the back, but it's not effective. Yeah, it's possible to carry something on the back, but that's basically a hindrance to handle what you have in your hands to rightly handle. It's not effective. Theoretically, it's possibly, it's might doable, but it's not effective, it's not the right thing. It prevents you from doing any of those functions effectively. So it's not God's order. Let's read Acts 6, verses, four, four, uh, verses 1 through 4. Acts 6, verses 1 through 4. It says, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, and though we, right now we are, the, today, during holiday season, we are a few, but I believe we can say that we are in the season when the number of disciples is increasing in our church. So in those days when the number of disciples was, was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve... The, the, the twelve apostles gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us. Say it with me, it will, it's not right. It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Yes, we can do it, but it's not right. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom, we will turn this responsibility over to them. And we'll, we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Prayer and the ministry of the word. Gain fire, uh, fire knife. The prayers will represent fire, staying in God's presence, and ministry of the word represents the knife. So, so that's a pastor's responsibility. That is his uh, God-assigned duty. 
So say it with me, Pastor, carry the fire and carry the knife. The rest of the ministers on us. Basically, as Abraham loaded the wood on Isaac, that's us. Isaac's, uh, Isaac, I want to compare Isaac to the church. Wood symbolizes basically work, mundane, mundane duties, work, or in church, uh, church setting, work of the ministry. Work of the ministry. Like Jesus carried the wooden cross. And as we, as, as we read, read in Mark, uh, he, he said, follow my example. Die to yourself and carry the cross. Follow me. Uh, so, and uh, let's uh, let, let's read Ephesians, Ephesians four, verses eleven through thirteen. And, and you know, also going back to Jesus, when he, when when he died, he came to earth. Uh, he did what he what the Father sent sent him to do. He he said, "I do what my father, t- what I see my father doing." So he was always he died to himself here on earth, and he was doing his father's will. And when he died, he said, "It is finished, the job completed, everything you told me, I did it." How many of you would like to say to be able to say that at the end of your day, at the end of your life? That's my desire. And I know I cannot tell, say, say it, uh, it yet, right now. But unfortunately, we still have time. We still have time. We all have work to do. So let's read Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 13. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Pastor Bailey is a pastor. I'm a teacher. We have uh, other, other, God will raise other uh, ministers of uh, uh, fivefold ministry, but those ministers are for the equipping of the saints for what? For the work of the ministry. We are here not to do all the work, but to teach you, to equip you for the work of the ministry. Uh, for, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And since we, we will be perfect and reach the fullness of Christ only when we see him face to face, that, that tells me that until we're here on earth, that's God's assigned order. The leader, the apostle, the evangelist, the prophets, the pastor, the teachers are here in the church assigned for equipping the body for the work of the ministry, but the work of the ministry itself should be done by the people. Unfortunately, I don't know why, but, but it, uh, it's, uh, these days it's being twisted, twisted around, meaning the, the few people are doing most of the work while the majority is sitting behind and just watching. You know, it's, yeah, it's really sad statistics, which I hope, I believe, Pastor, to, to reverse it in our church. It's uh, statistics show that about 20% of the, of, the, of the church members are doing, in most churches, doing 80% of the work. It's not supposed to be like that. It's not God's will. It's not God's will. People are losing their blessing by they're just being, staying back, 
staying back, staying back and not going, not plugging can with Abraham, not taking the load of the wood and not going up the mountain where Abraham goes, but staying back at those servants with a donkey. In God's kingdom, in physical, 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 it was different, but in, in spiritual, any servant, any observer, can, you can, can change it like that. You can become a son. From outside, you can become an insider in a second. It just takes your decision. It just takes your commitment. It just takes, takes prayer. Basically, your, your desire, your willingness. So, uh, so there is an order in God's kingdom. There is an order in God's kingdom, and, 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 and that's the most effective way. It's God's established order, and God knows best was b the best. You know, if, if, uh, if you just imagine a load meant to carry by 50 people, the load that's meant to carry easily, without any stress, by 50 people. And now imagine 40 people, for whatever reason, they decide, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to carry any load. I, I just would rather want to do something else. And the load left, meant to care for 50 people, is left to care for 10 people. Imagine what will, what will happen to those 10 people, ultimately, sooner or later. They are going to burn out. They are going to get tired. <laughs> they are <laughs> quit also. They, they may very well quit too. They just burn out. Because it's not meant. It was never meant for them to carry such a huge load. Right? It was meant to carry for all the body, not just for a few. So that's God, again, there's God's wisdom in there. So that none, none would be overburdened, that the load would be distributed equally among the whole body, about, above, among all the members of the body, because each of you is gifted. Each of you has a calling on your life. Each of you has a job to do. It, as in the body, the Bible says that we are the body of Christ. We are different members, but we have different, f different members with different functions. Like in the body, there's no, no member. Each member, each part, each organ has its function. But we all, all members, all organs put together, they make one healthy body. For example, my thyroid is not very, is, is not, doesn't operate well. And it affects my whole body. One, one organ is not working properly. And it affects the whole body because the rest of the body has to, to cover up, to try to compensate. You know, it's overloaded, but it's not working out. It would be much better if that one organ would be working as it's supposed to. Right? Amen. So, so say, say, it, say it with me. Pastor, carry the fire and the knife and we will carry the wood. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now you may be thinking, now you may be thinking, where does the J Jacob comes in here? How does Jacob relate to this whole passage? Where was Jacob in this story? He was not born yet, right? He was not even conceived yet. Do you think 
do you think he would have been, been conceived if Jacob would rebelled? Or Isaac rather, Isaac would rebelled and didn't didn't go along with the program, <laughs> wouldn't run away, or Abraham wouldn't obey God and wouldn't even go to the mountain to sacrifice Isaac. I think uh, we don't know, but I can just speculate. I'm thinking the story would be completely different, right? But Abraham did what he was supposed to do. Isaac did what he was supposed to do, and Jacob eventually was born. And God is a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All of them did what they're supposed to, inherited God's blessing. Uh, so who, who, bore, who ultimately fathered Jacob, Abraham or Isaac? Isaac, right? Another rhetorical question to uh, I'll ask you, who bears sheep? Sheep or the shepherd? <laughs> sheep. <laughs> yeah, even, even a child knows. Sheep bears sheep. She the shepherd cannot bear sheep, even if he would try. It's not his function. Sheep bears sheep. So me, in other words, you, the, the pastor is the shepherd, we are the sheep, we are supposed to bring other sheep in, in the fold. Right? So that uh, that's also goes along with that wood that we are supposed to carry. Because if we don't father, if we don't bear Jacob, Jacob, Jacob will not, not come. Grandpa cannot bring Jacob in. It's, it's Isaac's, Isaac's child, right? It's up to us to father, the, the father Jacob. And again, when we bring, it's one thing to go preach the gospel. Another thing is to bring the, that person up, the person is converted or shows some kind of interest to bring him to the church. But when you do that, please don't drop him and leave him there. Please. Please. If you father a child, would you drop the child in the, at your grandpa and the, your father, the child's grandfather, for the grandparents to raise your child? We call those parents irresponsible, right? Even worse when, when the, they leave the child somewhere on the street in the orphanage. No, it's your child. Take care of him. You know, some people say, I don't know. I don't know how, what to do. You know, when I don't know. It's, it's uh, pastors, leaders, they know better, the ministers. They are educated, they, they, they went to school or whatever. They know more. No, it's your child. If you witness Christ or so bring someone to Christ, it's your baby. Take responsibility. I am a strong advocate of personal discipleship, personal personal mentorship. I know if you had if you had a personal mentor in your life, one way or the other, a person who was was more mature than you and who invested in you time his time and shared with you his wisdom. You understand what I'm talking about? No conference, no no seminar, no. Uh, Someone can, can, can fill and do the job of, of what that personal investment, personal insight or it can do for you. So I'm just encouraged. Yes, we, yes, yes we have women's ministry, women's ministry. We have uh, Bible study we're starting. Eventually we have discipleship class. Yes, we have awesome s Sunday services. Yes, we have all that. And it's a wonderful, corp wonderful tools of corporate discipleship. But 
side, uh, you know, besides that should go personal discipleship. I truly believe when we should take personal responsibility for the people that we bring in, we need to show interest in their lives, how they're doing, to share with them if, if you, what we have. Because it, whatever level, on whatever level of maturity you are, you're still on higher level than the baby, the new spiritual baby who doesn't know anything. You still know, know better. Whatever your level you're on, you still are on higher level than that baby who just came into Christ. So you can at least share what you have, what you know. And that should be our responsibility and nobody's others. Yes, Grandpa, Grandpa Bailey will love his... <laughs> he, no, but uh, 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 he, he, will, he will love, I know. He loves people. He, he will invest to, uh, in uh, his children, grandchildren, grandchildren. He'll, he'll love all, all the people that God will bring to the church. But he's just one person. He cannot split himself and invest himself and sh into all the uh, lives lives in the, yeah, all the people is just too many he's just one and there's only that, that much that he can do he needs all of us to participate in carrying that load and taking care of our babies so i, I just want, want to encourage you uh, uh, let's uh, read uh, romans uh, i'm about, about done Let's read Romans 12, verses 4 and 8. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the, function, the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. So we all have different gifts, and we have the grace given to us to do whatever those gifts are, whatever the job is, God has given grace to do it. He, it says, if a man gi its gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing must, let him do it cheerfully. Whatever it is, just go and do it. Whatever God has gifted you with, go and do it. Go your, find your place. If God, God brought you to this body for a reason. And that reason is not just to sit back and watch and observe. I can tell you that much. If you think, if you think that you will be able to sit Sunday after Sunday and do nothing, I can spare you some time of self-discovery and say it's not going to work. You're probably in the wrong place. Because we are here, we want to raise the doers of the word. We, we want to fill the church with the doers of the word, not just hearers. Okay, there is a work to do for each of us. There's, uh, we are still a small church, we, each of the ministries, each of the ministers that we have can use more volunteers. And if, you, if God has put something, something on your heart that we have not, do not have yet, just come to the pastor and say, what, you, what God has put and very well, uh, uh, very well that may be done. <laughs> you know, so anyway, just come to the pastor and say, Pastor, give me some wood to carry. Pastor will know what you're talking about. 
And believe me, soon you won't have to wait long until you have some load on your shoulders to carry. So just <laughs> show initiative, okay? Don't just sit back and wait. Show initiative. It's your life. It's your life. If you, the sooner you'll get on board, the sooner you'll get on board, find out what God has for you, where is your place in this body, the sooner you'll reap blessings, your personal blessings that God has for you. Because don't be surprised if you feel disconnected, detached. If you feel disconnected and detached and lonely and maybe disoriented, don't know what's going on, uh, you know, check yourself. Maybe you're standing at the bottom of the mountain watching from the, down there what's happening up there. Are you really connected? Are you really that Isaac going side by side with Abraham? Are you really carrying something? Are you sharing the burden? Are you sharing in the vision? Do you know with the pastor's heart? Do you know where the pastor is leading the church? Just check, check yourself. If you, if you are, you, you'll, you'll be connected. You'll know what's going on. You'll know what's going on. If you are Isaac, you'll know what's going on. What were you doing? You know, what would we working, laboring for? Amen. So, basically, those are the three pillars, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're all interconnected. A all of them, like Abraham has to do his job, Isaac has to do jo his job, and only then will, 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 will have healthy growth, healthy Jacob. The growth that God has for us. He, he has it for us. He has it in store. But we have to align ourselves with God's will, with God's order. So to be able to, to receive the Jacob and to take care of the Jacob, to nurture and raise the Jacob so that he would also know God, God as his God. Hallelujah. So I'll, I'll say it in conclusion. To recap, say it with me. Pastor, carry the fire and the knife. And we will carry the wood. And Father Jacob. Amen.